I've been up until 5 a.m. the past few nights thanks to Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. But while I'm happy, there's a lot of sadness in gaming with more game developers laid off. Tonight is January 28th, 2024, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so not, you would say uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right, I'm awake. I promise. I promise I'm awake. Because I did wake up, like, late today after being up until 5. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a uh, an Actually Awake at 8 p.m. edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminiscing about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we do tape the show live just about each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash network. But I can already tell you, in two weeks... Uh, I will not be here. I've been taking a lot of like I've been like here for like two weeks and then not. Uh, this that's, that's kind of been the way uh, it's been. But uh, I am going to be going to a house party to watch uh, commercials on television, like I do every year. Uh, it is the only time I get to see a certain groups of friends. So uh, I will uh, not be here in two weeks from tonight. So. Um, and uh, Rob Roberts says, okay, you went to buy it at five, but is that a multiple of your current gamer score? I just blinked at the camera for a little bit for you podcast people. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, uh, I will not be here in two weeks, but I will be here next week. Uh, and uh, we'll probably be able to talk more about things. But if you can't be here on Sunday nights, uh, I understand we do have a Discord server because we are on a, we are a podcast. Go to fognetwork.com slash Discord. That is where uh, you, we are during the week, and you can uh, understand what that inside joke is that is about to be uh, an outside joke as I talk about it a, a little bit later on. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and get into things. Um, it's very rare nowadays uh, that... I get so sucked into a, a game that I play it way, way, way longer than I should. Uh, it has happened. It's happened in the past. It will happen again. But it doesn't happen often. Um, the last game that did this to me, honestly, was Persona 5 Royal. Uh, it was the last game that, that wound up doing this to me. Uh, and that was uh, also because uh, it was... Um, in uh in like april and may of 2020 and what else were we going to do now uh like a dragon infinite wealth dropped this week and uh i am really enjoying the game e3vl wants to ask if i'm going to go over the infinite wealth new game plus controversy so i guess i can kind of just start there i wasn't i wasn't really going to because also i'm not a new game plus player but this is kind of a big deal uh, and so, like, there, it's not all roses. I'm going to talk about how great Infinite Wealth is, but not every decision that has been made by Sega 
and RGG Studio is is a good decision, and this is one of those uh, where what he's, what E3VL was mentioning in chat is uh, I have New Game Plus because I spent the money on the eighty five dollar edition. Uh, I did not get the ultimate hundred and ten dollar edition. I didn't need that stuff, but behind that DLC that's included in that edition is New Game Plus. So normally, New Game Plus is just unlocked when you and uh, when you actually uh, complete the game for the first time. Uh, but now you actually have to pay an extra fifteen dollars. I don't know how much the Master Vacation Pack is as separate DLC. Uh, but you know, it, it's an additional fifteen dollars to get the Master Vacation Pack that has cosmetic stuff and New Game Plus. And also, what you can say because of the way that they've done uh, the game stuff, uh, also difficulty levels are locked behind that DLC. So I am guessing that there are, uh, there is in the regular game, there is one difficulty level because there's no difficulty setting. There was in Yakuza Like a Dragon, which was the game preceding this one, uh, and there are in the other uh, beat-em-up games, but there actually is no difficulty setting for Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. However, in New Game Plus, you can do normal, hard, and expert. So I am guessing that normal is what we have in New Game. And then they've got harder difficulties in New Game Plus. They do not have an easy difficulty. So those of you who hate easy mode in games, guess what? No easy mode in this game. Uh, no simple mode or anything like that. Uh, so as Jared and Matt says, uh, Bobby Blackwolf mode better not be paywalled. It is not paywalled because there is no Bobby Blackwolf mode. Uh, everybody plays on normal. That being said, it is a turn-based battle system, and the uh, the enemies do not scale with you. So Bobby Blackwolf mode is basically grinding up the levels, characters' levels uh, and spending way too long, and that's that's your difficulty level. That is that was one of the head scratching decisions. Uh, that was probably much, pretty much the head head scratching decision because I can't think of any other time in gaming when like New Game Plus was locked behind DLC. I've heard of other modes, other like unlockable dungeons and things like that. Other other things like that locked behind DLC, but actually New Game Plus, which we have been used to having for the past what you know, well really 30 years because like Master Quest and Legend of Zelda was essentially New Game Plus. But essentially we've had this, you know, for as long as JRPGs have been around, being able to start the game over with your current equipment with harder enemies so you can kind of bust blow through the story again. And Fifth Dream says, you know, I'm okay with this. If I can pay less for a game without features I didn't use, I did it. Is it 70 anyway? Yes, this is still a $70 game because it's still a 150-hour extremely packed experience, which is what I'm going to get to when I get to the good stuff that I like about it. Um, but we're going to go ahead and kind of get this uh, get get this ta out of the way. Um, get get the because it was brought up in chat, and I wanted to talk about it at first. But I'm probably not going to be playing New Game Plus, so I'm okay with it. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, uh, it is the uh, new rebrand of the Yakuza series which has been around for 20 years. It really didn't gain traction in the West at all uh, until Yakuza Like a Dragon, which was the change from the Yakuza games being a beat-em-up to being a turn-based battle system with a new character, with, with like a new protagonist. So you didn't need to know Yakuza 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 
to be able to really understand like Yakuza Like a Dragon. Now, Yakuza Like a Dragon, yes, you should play through the whole thing because Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth in directly builds off of it. So if you haven't played Yakuza Like a Dragon, you can play Infinite Wealth, but it essentially just ties very much. It is a continuation of the story. So the Yakuza series, which I have explained it a couple times, uh, has is is essentially it is a very very well written, very heartfelt, uh, very very fleshed out characters, wonderfully voice acted, both in Japanese and English, which is sacrilege to some people, uh, but the English voice acting is amazing as well. Uh, it, it, extremely well directed very heartfelt, serious Japanese crime family drama. It's like something you would find on like Netflix in a Netflix show or, you know, you know, a, a well, well-produced high budget streaming show. And then it is constantly interrupted by an episode of the Simpsons. That's like a dragon. That's Yakuza. That's even Yak. All the beat em up Yakuza's were the exact same way. Extremely, you know, sometimes extremely violent, very raw, very visceral. And then, you have, you know, the the main dude running around on a on a bicycle, jumping and doing tricks and delivering pizza uh, with crazy delivery tricks. I have grown to love this series since I was really introduced to it. I'd never really played the beat 'em up games all that much, but the beat 'em up games do have a Bobby Blackwolf mode, so I I have been able to finish those. But this is a turn based battle system because in Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is Yakuza Seven, and this is technically Yakuza Eight. Uh, they introduced a new character and it very much plays into it knows what it is. The series also knows exactly what it is. Uh, essentially, the main character, Ichiban Kasuga, grew up playing Dragon Quest, which, yes, is a Square Enix title. They didn't use Fantasy Star, which was a Sega title. They used Dragon Quest and they actually got Square Enix's permission to reference Dragon Quest and even use some of the Dragon Quest music in the game. So, but the main character played Dragon Quest as a kid and always envisioned himself as a hero. So, in his head, they actually do mention they actually do like describe this. In his head, whenever he gets into a fight on the street, everybody turns into Dragon Quest like characters. None of the rest of the party can see it. They're, they To them, they're just fighting on the street. But in Ichiban's mind, which is what we see, is he's a hero with a sword. And, and they, they play on this a lot uh, where, where, you know, it's basically we're seeing how he's seeing things. And that's why there are all these uh, there, there's all the magic stuff and, and all, all that. It's because Ichiban's an unreliable narrator and we're just playing what's in his mind. Uh, but inside, in after all that, then it's a very heartfelt thing that's happening in the real world, and then all the weird stuff happens uh, in Ichi's mind. I am loving this game. Uh, it came out, uh, and uh, I started playing at midnight. Uh, went went to bed at three in the morning that night. Uh, but then, like the next couple nights, I was going to bed at like five in the morning. I am in chapter four out of fourteen, and I've already got twenty hours into it. And it's because there are so many other things in this game other than just the beat-em-up, which is why, you know, it was like, oh, I don't want to pay $70 for a not-finished game. There are, like, four different 
finished games in this game. In fact, I actually, uh, I've been talking about like, oh, I should stream on my personal channel, but all I play are these story-based games. I am actually at the point where I could theoretically stream on my channel just doing everything but the main story, and I'd have hours and hours and hours and hours of stuff I could stream on Twitch that doesn't spoil the plot, doesn't talk, you know, it's it's just all the other stuff. Tyrell says, what about the stuff with the dolphins? Is that all through his mind or are people uh, seeing that stuff? stuff? Uh, I haven't actually gotten to that part, but I have seen the trailer, so I know that what you're talking about. Um, but, uh, they, they kind of just like, they, they, they write it off at the beginning of Yakuza like a dragon. They basically say, oh, it's all in his head. And then at the beginning of this, they reiterate it's in his head. And there's even like a scene where, you know, him and the, the other, uh, party members are walking down the street and it's, you know, they're all in their gear and they, you know, summon, uh, you know, a lightning and, you know, into the, the sword. And then it, it shows like what's actually happening. They're like in the middle of the street. Everybody's looking at them cause they're all weird. Um, and then they leave it at that. They don't reference it anymore. So the answer to your question, Tiger Claw, is uh, that's up to your own interpretation. And Questbrush says there's so many side stories in minigames. When I think of all the systems, it unlocks something new. Yes. So once you get to, like, Chapter 3 and then Chapter 4, really, um, all of the other stuff comes up. There is a whole other game inside of this game and we're going to sit here and you're going to see uh that we're actually going to talk about a game that is uh, everybody's like oh it's pokemon it, it's just a rip off of pokemon like a dragon infinite wealth is way more of a rip off of pokemon and it is way more overt about it and it's way more hilarious about it than pal world is except for the fact it doesn't use Pokemon's designs, which is what we're going to be getting into. But there is an entire damn fleshed out mini game that has hours and hours of content that is Pokemon. And they are not shy with using phrases like I choose you and you need to be, you are going to be the Sujimon master. They call it Sujimon in the game. There is uh there, there is, is, is a battle system there are badges you have to get from various gyms and as you go around playing the regular game you can recruit the enemies to be your sujimon and and the way you do it there is there's no ball you're not capturing in a ball you actually give them a box of gifts and you have to time when you give the box of gifts and then you got to mash the button to beg them to please join your sujimon army uh, and then if they do, then you can put them in the party. And then there are other Sujimon trainers uh, that are standing around and you have Sujimon battles with them. And there are things that are very effective and not very effective. And, and, and you know, like uh, Paco says, like a Pal World. And I'm like, but Pal World is a survival game that uses Pokemon characters. This is literally the Pokemon game system just using street thugs in, in Yakuza. It, 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 it does get a little weird and they actually even kind of touch on like, isn't this weird that like, they're essentially like we're their masters and they're, 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 we're, we're, they're slaves to us. And they're like, isn't this weird? Nah. Okay. never mind. Like, just don't ask. There's all that. And then there's the crazy taxi mini game 
which is the way you get money in the game where you're trying to deliver, uh, you're delivering uh, pizzas and you're delivering food, but you're doing sick tricks. And the more sick tricks you do and then you deliver the food, you can have a super crazy delivery. It's, it's great. And then, you know, just so many other like just random side stories that like I can sit here and play for like six hours and not advance the main plot at all, which is why after literally 20 hours, I am only in chapter four of 14. Questbuster says, when you think like a dragon, including Sega arcade classics alongside UFO games and side stories was already a lot. LED just hits you with even more things. Yes, that's right. Uh, retro gaming. I've I played Virtual Fighter. I played uh, Sega Bass Fishings in the game, which I don't think I had I'd played in another uh, any other Yakuza game. Um, there was there's another game that I had actually like never played it, before. It was a brawler uh, from the 90s. It was a Sega M2, but they had you know, and different arcades have different machines. Uh, so there's there's that there's the rhythm game that's in it, uh, the, the, which is karaoke, which is essentially a, a rhythm game. Um, there is the new mini game that they have is actually a dating app. So you're actually dating. Uh, you're actually you're it's a it's an app where you are trying to get a date with uh, beautiful women. That may or may not wind up being beautiful women. You never, you never know. Catfishing is a thing, uh, and it's a whole mini game about, uh, you know, setting up the right profile and putting in the right things, and 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 yeah. So it's uh, there is a lot in here. So when I see a game like this for seventy bucks, I'm like, this is worth my seventy dollars. I know not everybody believes that would be worth $70, but there's like three or four different video games, not counting the ROMs of all the Sega arcade games. Uh, there's three or four new games that are part of Like a Dragon. The Breakman says, so is this the real reason Bobby never finished his game because he's too busy still playing Like a Dragon? Uh, the real reason I don't finish games is that uh, I never, I don't get through all this stuff and I don't finish the game before the next hotness comes out because Persona 3 Reload comes out, uh, what? this coming week. And that's another game that can take 100, 120 hours to beat. And then Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is at the end of the month. Uh, I still haven't finished Final Fantasy sixteen because something new and shiny came along. And I'm only like 52% through the way. So uh, there's a lot in this. And I am thoroughly enjoying it, even though I am not even a quarter of the way through it. Uh, the, the story, it, it's gripping me. I'm actually caring about these characters, which is, you know, something that doesn't happen in every video game. Uh, so, like, it's really fleshed out. It does help that I did play Yakuza Like a Dragon, and I played Yaku Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, which is on Game Pass, and that's only a 10-hour experience. Uh, I think I spent 15 hours with the side stories, but that's really a 10-hour experience, and that kind of bridges the gap uh, with the former protagonist of Yakuza, who is also in like a dragon infinite wealth. Um, the downside, this is the thing that, that sucks. And we referenced this earlier. So for 20 years, probably over 20 years, however long I've had my Xbox live account that had achievements on it, which is, I guess since 2006, because it was the Xbox 360 that had achievements. I have been able to keep my gamer score at either ending in a five or a zero because everybody used nice numbers, five, you know, game achievements were five points, 10 points, some multiple of five. 
And I've been doing that. And I would literally avoid games that did not adhere to this. I would actually check the game, especially if they were on Game Pass. I would check the game to see the achievement list, to see the gamer score. I'm not really looking at the achievements. I'm looking at the score. And if it had something that was achievements that did not end in five or 10, I did not play them on Game Pass. The two that I can think of off the top of my head is Final Fantasy 13 2, when all the Final Fantasy games were on Game Pass. They're not anymore. And No Man's Sky, because every and everything in No Man's Sky is a multiple of eight. So I wouldn't play those games. And so I bought like a dragon. I'm like, I'm sitting at, at my, in, in, in my, uh, in my theater where I played my Xbox games. Uh, and it's like 1155. So the game hasn't come out yet. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to go peek at the achievements. And I, so I opened up the social club and I peeked at the achievements and all of the achievements in like a dragon with infinite wealth have 14 gamer score game, not 15, not 10, not five, but everything has 14. So my nice round number of 52,100 gamer score points on my account. Um, it took two days because like the first night that I played for like three hours, uh, I didn't pop a single achievement. So I had one more night of of that. And uh, and then I eventually did get, uh, you know, 52,114 and now it like ends in eight or something like that. Um, and so my 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 nice perfect gamer score it is it is gone. Uh, and Eric, Fifth Dream says, just get five of them. Ta-da. The problem is, what's going to happen is I am going to get all that I can with my current skill level because there are achievements locked behind that new game plus difficulty, by the way. Um, you know, so yes, there are like achievements in the main thousand that are tied to that DLC, which is another bad thing about that DLC. Um, and so... Uh, I am not going to end on a multiple of five because I'm not going to like stop playing the game after, you know, I get to the last five or whatever. So, um, yeah, so my good, uh, my nice round number is gone. Uh, it, I will not be able to get it back. Uh, that's Jared Matt says mine is 52,389 ending in nine. Didn't bother me until right now. Um, Breakman says, well, since everyone breaks their pinball records when they come over, ask them to get achievements for you. I mean, that there are actually people that do that. I don't do that, but there are people that will like hire other people to play games on their accounts so they can get all the achievements and platinum trophies on PlayStation. I'm, I'm, I don't care that much. I care, but I don't care that much. So that that is the uh, that is the fake outrage at Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. New Game Plus being a high DLC, that's actually like real, not outrage, but real disappointment at that decision. This is um, more fake disappointment. Yeah, but now I guess I can go play Final Fantasy 13 too because uh, it's over. Uh, I don't need to end in 5 or 0. I, I don't have to play No Man's Sky on Xbox because I double dipped. I have it on Steam and PlayStation, so I don't need to play it on Xbox. I'm, I'm good. So, uh, so, yeah, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, I really do enjoy it. It will be on Game Pass, in a couple months. Uh, so if you don't want to spend the 70 bucks on it now and you do have Game Pass, uh, you can get it and it will be on. Uh, it's cross by already. Uh, so that's why I can stream it. I bought it on Xbox, but I also have it on PC. I have it through the Windows Store. Uh, so it, it will be on Game Pass in a couple months. If something like this uh, intrigues you, 
Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is also which was the first one with turn based battle and with this protagonist, uh, you can play that and get that finished before infinite before infinite wealth hits game pass uh and uh it, you don't need to have played yakuza 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 to be able to understand yakuza like a dragon i do feel like you should play yakuza like a dragon in order to really get more out of like a dragon infinite wealth i love this series uh it is the best series that people have probably never heard of and uh, I should stop gushing about it. Let's talk about another game that a lot of more people are playing. A lot more people are playing this other game uh, that is on Game Pass and was out for, and I think it's like 40 bucks, 50 bucks if you get it on Steam. Let's talk about Pal World. So I went off to AGDQ last week, uh, and when I left for AGDQ, this game, uh, for all intents and purposes, didn't exist. Then I get back, and suddenly everybody's talking about Pal World. I, I land, and it's like I came back to a different world. Because when I left and entered the AGDQ bubble, where I'm not terminally online, I'm not constantly checking news sites or anything like that, I don't see this stuff. And then I come back, and suddenly everybody's like, Pal World. Pal World, Pal World, Pal World, Pal World. Um, so Pal World, it was, it's, people are like, oh, it's Pokemon with guns. And I said, well, maybe I'll pick it up and, and play it. And so I, I actually like watched a video review and I watched the trailer and I'm like, this is not Pokemon with guns. This is a survival game with Pokemon in it. And uh, that doesn't interest me. Uh, the survival game like Ark or, or anything like that, that doesn't really interest me all that much. So did I download it? No, I did not. I could see though why people thought it would have that 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 it was Pokemon uh because the pals look a lot like Pokemon and the studio that put it out did uh th th their CEO at one point did talk about like the great uses of AI in gaming. They didn't say they used AI here, but they said that there are many opportunities to use AI in game development. And so this, a lot of the Pokemon fans were already like, whoa, what's going on here? So, Ars Technica reports that this past weekend, a monster-catching survival game called Power World took Steam by storm. The game has sold over 8 million copies and has been sitting on the top of Steam's top-selling and most-played charts all week. As of the writing of this article, Steam's dashboard claims that just under 2 million players are currently playing Power World, twice as many as Counter-Strike 2, which is the second game on the list. Uh, you can tell from looking at screenshots from developer Pocket Pair that many of Power World's monster designs are clearly inspired by designs from the Pokemon series, but the game's surprise success has led to greater scrutiny. Some observers have claimed that Pocket Pair has taken actual 3D models from the games and modified them to seem original. That has also prompted counterclaims that those 3D models were fudged to make them seem similar, though it seems the alterations just scaled the models up and down to make them easier to compare. So Power World's kind of fighting back on that. Uh, so the Pokemon company released a, released a brief statement about another company's game released in January, 2024. That's how they phrased it, which could be a reference to a non Power world game, but it can only realistically be a reference to Power world. Uh, the company will investigate and take appropriate measures in response to any asset theft or other infringement that it delivers. Pocket Pair's CEO said that the game has cleared, has cleared legal reviews, according to a report from automation. Uh, which means that their lawyers signed off on it, but it's not really about their lawyers. It's about what the judge thinks or a jury, if it even gets to that. 
the statement from Pokemon Company uh, stops short of accusing Pocapair of any specific offense, only saying that the Pokemon Company will take action if it, if it discovers infringing content in the game, which is their right. That is their right. Um, so they're going to look into it, and if they feel that they have a case, they will go after it. If they don't feel they have a case, they're not going to go after it. They will go after people's mods, uh, and actually, I think like what they actually did is they DMCA took down a YouTube video about a mod to Pal World that changed all the characters to be actual Pokemon. That is, I think, what they DMCA'd. I don't think they DMCA'd the mod itself. I think they DMCA'd the YouTube video showing off the mod. But anyway, the English, the official English translation which is attributed to the Pokemon company, says, quote, we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. We will continue to cherish and nurture every, each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future, unquote. And uh, PC Games N does say that, like, because they have gone after mods, uh, Nexus Mods is not comfortable hosting Pokemon-related mods for Pal World. Uh, and so, basically, like, Pokemon Company has actually, like, scared a lot of these mod hosting sites uh, away from hosting Pokemon-specific mods for Pal World. So, um, and, and Fitzroom even says Nexus took it down because they didn't want the attention. That That's a very important distinction here, is that Nexus Mods took the initiative to take it off. You can say they're self-censoring. But they don't want that smoke. They don't want uh, Game Freak's lawyers, which is not necessarily Nintendo. Nintendo does own a lot of Game Freak, but not the entire thing. Uh, they don't want the Pokemon Company's lawyers. They don't want Nintendo lawyers. They don't. They don't want that smoke. That's what I'm going to talk about with Power World. Is um, there's no evidence that it was made with AI? Like, uh, you know, just because the CEO of a company is very excited about the use of AI, every CEO of a tech company is excited about the use of AI because it means they don't have to hire as many humans. They can have one person doing the work of five because that one person's using AI. Uh, so they're obviously every tech CEO is excited about how AI can be brought into the industry, and they're all going to actually look into seeing how they can incorporate AI into their workflow so they can save money for the shareholders. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, of, uh, and, and, you know, basically have a lower headcount, do more with less. Being able to have more output with less people, that's a CEO's dream. So, of course, he's going to be pro-AI. It doesn't mean that they actually used AI on PAL World. And as far as I know, the Pokemon company isn't talking about AI. They're just like, if it's based on our stuff, uh, which, you know, tracing is a thing as well. Um, you know, from the dawn of time, people who draw will take somebody else's art, put their paper over it and trace it. And that's and then do some tweaks. And that's that's been something that's been done since the dawn of time, probably. Uh, maybe not in cave paintings, but but you know what I mean. Uh and, you know, that might have occurred. That doesn't mean that necessarily the Boogeyman AI did it this time around. So let's talk about the evil corporation. Um, so this this was a big story that happened this week. Um, it's kind of like, this is hard because it's like, I want to celebrate games, but like working in the game industry is terrible right now. I think like, We've already lost, I think, like 6,000 game industry employees to layoffs in 2024. 
and it's only January 28th. We haven't even gotten through the first month, and we have already had more la- – or we have had about, I think, 10,000 game industry employees were laid off in all of 2023. We've already had 5,000 just this month. The Verge reports that Microsoft is laying off 1,900 employees at Activision Blizzard and Xbox this week. Uh, while Microsoft is primarily laying off roles at Activision Blizzard, some Xbox and ZeniMax employees will also be impacted by the cuts. It cuts uh, roughly 8% of the overall Microsoft gaming division that stands at around 22,000 employees in total. Uh, so there was an internal me- memo uh, from Phil Spencer that talked about it, uh, and I'm not going to read it for you, but it's out there. Alongside the layoffs, Blizzard president Mike Ibarra has decided to leave the company. So congratulations on your retirement, Mike Deft. Uh, quote, as many, of, uh, as many of you know, Mike previously spent more than 20 years at Microsoft now that he's been uh, seeing the acquisition through as Blizzard president. Uh, he has decided to leave the company, unquote. Uh, said Microsoft's game content and studios president Matt Booty in internal memo. He snort heard no jokes at all about his name ever. I promise you. Especially not on Xbox Live. Microsoft plans to name a new Blizzard president this week. Alan Adam, Blizzard's chief design officer, is also leaving the company. Uh, so uh, Booty said, quote, As one of Blizzard's co-founders, Alan had a broad impact on all of Blizzard's games. His influence will be felt for years to come, both directly and indirectly, as Alan plans to uh, continue mentoring young designers across the country, unquote. Uh, Blizzard's previously announced survival game has also been canceled as part of these changes. Booty says that Microsoft will be, quote, shifting some of the people working on it to one of the several promising new projects Blizzard has in the early stages of development, unquote. So already this month, Riot Games, Google, Discord, Twitch, Unity, eBay, and, and others all announced layoffs this month alone. So I do know that... Um, What's kind of come out since all of this stuff is that a lot like a lot of the roles that were cut were customer service, because one of the things that Blizzard did was they had essentially what I'm going to call onshore customer service. These are your uh, game uh, GMs in World of Warcraft. These are your Twitch moderators. These are your, you know, forum moderators, customer service like that. Uh, community outreach. They, they even worked at BlizzCon and would do things at BlizzCon and do do stuff like that. Um, Microsoft does not have onshore customer service in their company. They do not have that as an onshore expense. It is much cheaper to outsource that to other companies, either here in America or overseas. And so Microsoft, now that they own Activision Blizzard, has basically said, no, no, Blizzard, you are going to be using these outsourced companies um, to be the game masters in, and to be the GMs in World of Warcraft. We do not have, in, you know, we do not do customer service in-house at Microsoft. That is not the Microsoft way. So they were the one, a lot of the ones cut. I will say because, um, you know, kind of reading from other things, I do know some people that work at Activision Blizzard. There were VPs that were laid off as well. So this is not just the rank and file. Several people who were at the vice president level were laid off as part of this 1900. It's It's been across a lot of the divisions. I do know that a lot of the studios that were used to do stuff, good stuff, I think Toys for Bob was one that I read, which used to do like the Spyro games, and they were the Skylanders team, I believe. Uh, they got converted to just doing support for Call of Duty, 
the studios that got converted into just doing support for Call of Duty had like 30 to 35 percent of their staff cut. That kind of sucks. Like, I understand when there's a merger, sometimes there are layoffs for redundant positions, like redundant HR uh, and, you know, redundant things that are about making, you know, making the company work. Right. But this is more than just that. I'm going to now trying to say this sucks and then people are going to clip. You're about to defend the corporations. I'm not about to defend the corporations. This sucks. I don't I don't think this is this is not good for the industry. I will say what's going on, what what the up higher ups are thinking, because a lot of people are like, what are they thinking? Profit above all else. What are they thinking? What are they thinking? I'll tell you what they're thinking. And you can disagree with this all you want. Uh, and I may even disagree with it, too. But I'm going to tell you exactly what they're thinking, because they, they they always people will always bring up. Well, look, they had record profits last year. Why are they laying people off? And I actually talked to somebody who was a uh, CFO, chief financial officer. Uh, at a company that I worked at and I actually asked them, I'm like, so, so can you, when, when the initial, like when layoffs were happening a couple years ago, I actually talked to him about it and he looked into it. Cause he like, he doesn't know much about the game industry, but he knows a lot about running companies. So, you know, looking at it from just like a general, gen- general game company or general company, publicly traded companies like, okay. So yeah, they had record profits last year that paid for the employees last year. They had their jobs last year because they had record profits last year what they do what coos and cfos and stuff they do is they look at what can we accomplish this year and if they do not believe that they will replicate the success that they had last year they need to do course corrections now you and i would say, well, then maybe they shouldn't make the C-suite should lower their salaries, like what Satoru Iwata did at Nintendo very famously. And I agree. However, to them, cutting staff is also a very popular level to pull because they're not going to need all of that staff for the amount of business they think they are going to be able to do in the next 12 months. So to them, it's better to cut it now and let them go and run with a smaller headcount to be able to then have record profits once again, even though the actual number is going to be lower than it was last year. Record profits basically just means they made more money than they spent. If they don't think they're going to make as much money, then they need to spend less so they can still have record profits. That's what's going through their head. And if you take all the emotion out of it, that's what they're going to tell you. So that doesn't make it any better. That doesn't make it any more right. But that's what they're thinking. Microsoft does not believe that they're going to make the amount of money they need to make and keep the profits. Because remember, it's a publicly traded company and it is illegal in the United States of America to do anything that does not work in favor of the shareholders. The shareholders literally can sue if you take care of your employees at the cost of shareholder value. It sucks. It's terrible. I hate it. And E3VL says this is a bad idea for a culture perspective. Can't replace experience. Uh, and what they will act, what they would tell you, what the C-suite would tell you, is you're right. We can't ex- replace experience. We'll just have to make do with what we have. 
And you want to know what? In the past, they have. This is literally not the first time Microsoft has laid people off. They, the company has been just fine. Activision laid people off in the past. Activision was just fine. So in the long term, they will be just fine. Maybe they won't be as good as they could have been, but they were just fine, which is really all that they're looking for, which sucks. That this is a whole this is all terrible things that I am saying, but I'm not wrong either. One of the, something that was also pointed out to me, a lot of the tech companies, what they're saying is overhiring during the pandemic because when everybody was stuck at home, they were buying games, they were buying tech. So all the tech companies overhired uh, because they needed all the people. And now that like people are going back outside and they're traveling again and they're not spending as much money on home entertainment, uh, they're having to cut back. Somebody actually pointed out that like 1900 is about how many people were hired at Activision in the past year while this was going on. So in a way, you can probably blame Kotick for this a little bit because he hired all those people, probably knowing in his C-suite brain, they're all going to get laid off later or, or we're going to lay off this number. Um, that's a conspiracy theory. I have nothing to, I mean, I do know that they hired like about 2000 people in the last two years while this deal with Microsoft was in the works. Um, they increased their headcount, uh, during, during that process. Um, but, uh, you know, people can say, oh, this is, you know, one of Kotick's last FUs. It sucks. Um, it absolutely does suck. And I wish that more companies would pull the lever of having the C-suite take on less, but this is the way that corporate America works. This is capitalism and it sucks. And what that this does mean is that of those, I'm going to actually also tell you that of those probably five to 6,000 people that have been laid off in the game industry in just the past 28 days, the vast majority of them will not return to the game industry. Uh, not everybody can go off and be an indie game developer. Not everybody has the financial security to go off and start their own indie game studio which is what a lot of gamers say, well, just make your own studio, you know, and, and be better and show them. A lot of them can't do that. They're, they're just not in the position to do that. And so there's a saying in the game industry that either you quit the game industry in the first, or, or you leave the game industry in the first five years of your career, or you're in it for life. And a lot of these layoffs probably were people that have probably only been in the game industry for a couple of years. I work at my day job that does nothing with games, so far away removed from games. It's business software for businesses, uh, nothing consumer-related. You've never seen, you, you would never see anything I've worked on. I've worked with multiple people. I work with multiple people now that used to work in the game industry. I work with somebody who was QA at EA a long time ago. I work with somebody who used to work at Epics, like that Epics, as in Commodore 64, EPYX, Epics. Jumpman and Summer Games and, and Pit Stop 2. Like, I, I, I work with somebody who worked there. And every time, like, I will go and some of our clients will have somebody, oh, yeah, no, I was a project manager at this AAA game studio, and now I'm here writing banking software. And the majority of that 6,000 people with the experience are just going to go get regular jobs, writing regular software that's a lot more stable, probably pays more, probably has better work-life balance, and there's going to there's a lot of brain drain that's going to leave. 
Questbuster says cutting staff and uh, winnowing performance, losing investments such as plants and offices, et cetera, is just part of a company's toolbox to show shareholders they're taking immediate action to stay healthy and it plays well with the Wall Street crowd. Microsoft stock jumped when they announced these layoffs, by the way. The stock price went up. Wall Street loved this announcement. I do feel bad that we're going to see a big pivot, uh, and, and a lot of people pivoting, as S. Jared and Matt said, if they have homes and families. And the, the thing that sucks is that Activision, some of these people they laid off, Activision actually just relocated like six months ago across the country. They moved because they had a back-to-office mandate. They moved out to California, uh, and now they're laid off. You know, the, the Activision picked them up, moved them, and, and they're all laid off. So, uh, you know, this is... This is this sucks for everybody involved. Uh, I also think it kind of sucks that a lot of these employees learned about it on social media. Uh, they didn't really message it that well, but I think they did that so it wouldn't leak. They were like, all right, we're just going to put it out on social media, and then we're going to send an email to everybody, and then it took like 24 hours to inform people if they were being laid off because they just didn't know. Uh, but it's, you know, when you have a workforce that is some remote – uh, the people I know at Activision Blizzard don't live in California. Um, there's really not a better way to do it, which kind of sucks. This whole thing sucks. Um, but it does mean that Microsoft doesn't think they're going to make as much in gaming uh, as as they did last year and as Activision Blizzard did last year. E3VL says, must be a horrifying 24 hours for staff. It was. And, and, and Survivor's Guild is real. As somebody who's been through layoffs... Uh, survivor's guilt is absolutely real because these are your friends. Like you, you do like every, you'll hear a lot. People will be like, Oh, you shouldn't, you know, your work is not your family and your job is not your family and all that stuff. And, and I get that, but I still have a bond with my coworkers. I still genuinely like a lot, you know, pretty much all my coworkers. Uh, and, and I do like my managers. Like I'm very lucky where I'm at, but we've also, we never laid off people at my company which has been around for like 15 years until seven months ago was our first. And we've actually done two rounds of layoffs and we were a small company. We had 150 employees in 2021. We have 60 now. So I get it. And survivor's guilt is real because I have survived all those cuts. But a lot of people that, uh, that I worked with that I really worked closely with are no, you know, they were told thanks, but no, no, thanks. We've got to go. And so it, it sucks for the people left behind as well, because also now they've got to figure out how they're going to do everything without those other people. And how are we going to do this when we I used to have eight people on my team. Now I have three, but I still have the same amount of responsibilities for my team. I'm going to take a quick music break. Uh, and uh, then we'll talk to Rob about stuff. But I need a quick music break to just reset my head. And uh, then we'll talk to Rob. So, uh, Try to enjoy the music break on that downer. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show. You're in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. I want to ride my chocobo all day. Can't get it out of my head. Hey, this is Robbie Damon, the voice of all your favorite anime and video games, and you are participating with the Bobby Black Wolf Show. Have fun, baby! (laughs) 
This sounds like you're having fun. He's also in Like a Dragon. And it's funny, like, I can't actually think of the character's name yet because I haven't met him yet in this game, and it's been since last... But he's he's also in, in Like a Dragon. He's one of the playable characters in Yakuza Like a Dragon and in Like a Dragon uh, Infinite Wealth. So, uh, so yeah. Um, also, he's the, the voice of Chai in Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, the, that bumper was recorded in 2019, so I didn't know about Yakuza Like a Dragon. Hi-Fi Rush hadn't even been thought of yet. Um, all Yes, very, very awesome person i did a panel at dragon con with him uh and uh max middleman uh who was uh ryuji in persona 5 but he's also saitama in one punch man and ray chase who was uh um the, the noctis in final fantasy 15 uh and uh and yeah so uh goro robbie damon was goro Akechi from persona 5 so yeah uh, I, I love the fact that he actually was uh, willing to do that on like the last day of Dragon Con. He was like, "Yeah, it's no problem." And his handler's like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Yeah, it's fine." So uh, he's busy. He's also, I think, Robbie Damon. I think is the animated Spider-Man, like in Spider-Man the animated series. I believe he is Peter Parker. So yeah, they anyway. You do not have to be as busy as Robbie Damon to do a bumper for the show. If you want to leave a bumper, get in touch with me. I want an MP3 or a video of just your voice. I will choose what DMCA violation to put behind it uh, about coming back to uh, the Bobby Blackwell show. So uh, normally I take calls. I'm not going to. Um, I, I, I say normally I take calls and I never take them. I don't know why. I, I still have that in there just in case I don't talk for 50 minutes about something. But coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games much, much longer than I do, and we like to check in with them and see what's going on. Sacramento, are you there? Hi, I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I, I would be doing better if I wasn't so bummed about the game industry. Oh, yeah, I know. It's um, it's hard. It's it's hard to be a gaming enthusiast show right now when you're not feeling very enthusiastic yeah. about a lot of things going on. So it's... um. Yeah, it's it's definitely a hard week. Um, I don't know what else can be said about it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why I feel but like I feel bad. I was gushing about a video game. But granted, that video game's from a studio that doesn't lay off its people, and it has the same people for years and years and years. Which is also why like Baldur's Gate three did so well, and why the Mario games work so well is because they don't do these layoffs. Right. But it, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, you know, gaming's great, gaming's great, and then that happens. Well, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 4 and Overwatch mm-hmm. 2 and so it 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 hurts. Um yeah. it's you know, I don't think those particular teams were as affected, but yeah. it honestly doesn't matter. Like I'm not going to try they're, to like still friends. rationalize it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it stinks either way you any way you slice it. Um it's terrible. Um, well, and and I I would say because when I heard it it's like most of the customer service department like I haven't played World of Warcraft all that. Like, I've never played World of Warcraft, but I know that, like, they had, like, GMs that were responsive and they knew the game because they were actually there at the company and they were the customer Mm -hmm. service people. And they're all going to be outsourced now, all those game GMs. And I guess I remember 20, because I never played World of Warcraft, but I did play EverQuest. And I actually was one of the volunteer customer service people in EverQuest back when they could get away with that. Uh, but we worked under a GM that was literally hired by Varent Interactive uh, mm-hmm. and was in their San Diego office. And it, those roles now, like if they even had those, I don't think EverQuest has those anymore, but they were actually part of the community on that server. And, you know, but now the World of Warcraft analogy to the GMs 
is going to be outsourced to another company. And who knows if they're even going to be here in, in the U.S. And you get what you pay for with that kind of stuff. And um, I hope that's not a decision that really um, shoots World of Warcraft in the foot, to be honest. I'm very curious to see what BlizzCon is going to look like in the future, because this sort of move sort of shows that there really isn't an independent Blizzard like yeah. there used to be. There's there's a Microsoft. So is there a mm -hmm. Microsoft con? Um, Which they already have. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does this all fit into that whole thing? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Um, but I will say uh, another big part of what was I don't I don't think I caught you saying uh, and we'll we'll touch on this a little bit deeper on OLR. But there was actually an unannounced game. I think they had confirmed that they were working on a survival game. That's about as much as they yeah. said. And that whole thing was discarded. Um, which meant all those people that were working on it, which was a significant amount. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, they've been working on it for six years, so I don't know about how close to release it actually was. I mean, there's a lot of rumors about where it was at. Um, now, Blizzard has canceled games before that went on to become new things. For example, an infamous game called Titan, which was going to be sort of like an MMO successor, but of a different type. Essentially, the PvP battle system in Titan became Overwatch. And there's a there's it's not quite that simple. It's a little more mm -hmm. nuanced than that. But a lot of the character designs turned into heroes in Overwatch. You know, a lot of uh, elements of Titan ended up in Overwatch and Overwatch 2. Um, it's harder to see that happening here when yeah. they've now laid all those people off. And that's that's a real disappointment to think about what could have been salvaged potentially into a still yeah. great product. Um and, you know, got to hear they were working on it for six years. Yeah. It almost feels like, I hate to say it, but it almost feels like one of those cases where you have, like, Netflix deciding not to air a brand new science fiction show starring Halle Berry, Oscar winner Halle Berry, mm -hmm. as a tax write-off. Yeah. And it's... And, and it sucks for the people that work on it. frustrating. Because, yeah. because it was canceled, like, nothing out there is for it. And so they're trying to get another job. And, like, the game industry understands, but if they're like, I need to pivot and get something more stable, they have nothing to show for if they were there for five years working on this game. They have nothing to show for it. There's very nothing out there. I'm very curious in the next week how many bitter employees, and rightfully so, to be yes. quite honest, are going to skirt their NDAs. And we're going to hear a little bit more on this one than we ever heard on Project Titan. Very curious to see what happens in the next week. Obviously... Uh, a, a layoff does not affect your NDA, especially if you take the severance because you sign a thing. Um, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be some bitter betties and yeah. bitter bills that, uh, you know, send some signal messages this week. So we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, and the people that work there, like as much as like we, like you and I, like rightfully so, like, need, you know, didn't like the culture that was at Activision because of the people at the top. The people that work there loved their coworkers on the ground. That's mm -hmm. something I heard universally, mm -hmm. is that they loved what they were building. They loved the people they were working with. There were things in the culture of the company they didn't like. But the people on the ground all loved each other, and that's why they would be bitter, even yeah. though from the outside it looked like it was a toxic environment. And in, in some cases it was, but the people on the ground, they loved it. Yeah, there were a lot of... Lot of a lot of people really hurting inside this week. The ones that stayed mm -hmm. um, processing their own different kind of trauma, honestly. Yeah. So it's uh, 
It's hard. And I know I've been one of the people that has said, and I've always said it with a footnote, but I've talked about how I do hope that indie studios and indie games rise from this whole thing. I've always quantified that with for those that have the means to do it. And I realize not everybody has the means to do it, but I still do hope, especially considering you have some C-suites that are involved with this particular layoff that maybe you do see some more studios of a larger nature formed and, you know, some of the pieces are able to stick together, but I'm sure there will be quite a few people that decide to burn this industry and never look back. And it's hard to blame them. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of places in the tech industry are fa- feeling this as yeah. well. Cause like I said, like my company, we never laid anybody off until six months ago for the first time. And now we've done twice. Mm-hmm. And and one of those times was literally the Friday before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was for different, like it was for an immediate reason, unfortunately, because we work with clients and sometimes that doesn't work out. Uh, but, uh, you know, and but it's it's hard on us and we still and here's what you're also going to see at because this happens all the time. We're going to start seeing more attrition. They laid off nineteen hundred. There's going to be a couple hundred more that voluntarily find new work in the next couple months. You're going to start seeing even more and more departures. And that happens every single time. I don't know how many industry people we have that listen to our show, your show, uh, what Vogue Network as a whole. But I would really invite you all to let us know, how can we help? You know, how can we as gaming enthusiasts be enthusiasts about you all and your talents and helping you on the next journey, whatever that looks like, you know, I want to be able to help with that more than um, I feel like I can. Sometimes I also want to point out, this is a very interesting uh, comment from uh, a first time chatter. So welcome. Um, Kaji Shuto art, who says at this point, welcome for, thank you for being here, by the way, at this point, it's scary to think about the games and development that get put under NDAs. And like you said, just, well, we just aren't going to continue this. Suck to suck. Can't talk about this five-year gap in your resume now. Now you have to worry about even trying to sign on to a new project after this. Yeah, that's um, that that's kind of what Bobby was referring to a little bit ago. I do f- my perception anyway. I'm not in the games industry, yeah. and this is kind of part this of the reason why. why. Um, sorry, but it is true. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I would say that um. As Bobby referenced, there's a lot of people that are very understanding about those types of situations. Yeah. Here's something to keep in mind. I, I'm does this come? I, I, this comment feels like you might be somebody who's impacted by this. I don't know. I, I if you are, first off, my heart goes out to you. Maybe maybe just know somebody very well yeah. um, who did go through this. But as Bobby referenced, people in this industry know what's happening here, and the the, yeah. the coverage that this whole thing has gotten everybody knows what's going on. And one nice thing about this industry, going back to what Bobby had said earlier about the people that really care and support each other, um, is that like, there's lots of discords of people getting together, trying to um, Mm -hmm. help each other find work. I know I've seen some stuff come through with that uh, and so forth. So, um, you know, if for whatever reason you or somebody else, Mm -hmm. okay. So just somebody whose heart goes out. Totally understand that. Sorry, I just I yeah. kind of read that away. I was like, "Wow, okay, that could be very interesting." Yeah. Um, but uh, still, whether it's uh, you or not, somebody you know, um, get connected with those types of things. The nice thing yeah. is everybody's helping everybody out. And and I will and say that. also the game industry, like the game company, like I'm pretty sure Activision is doing this and Blizzard is doing this because uh, other game companies have done this. Is they have freed like artists, let's say, 
They're like, we're going to free you from like your specific key art. You can put that in your portfolio, which is how we've gotten things about games that were canceled where they have allowed, okay, you're not breaking NDA if you want to put the art you drew, these storyboards in your portfolio, which they will can, can put on their public website because that's how we get some of this stuff is people will be like, oh, let me look at this person's resume. Oh, here's their portfolio. Oh, here's a, a game character we've never seen before. Let's write a news article about it. But companies will free them from that so they can show something for it, even though they don't have an actual finished credit to their name. Mm-hmm. So there there are ways around it, but it's 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 not as straightforward as it should be. And really, you know, they should have just cut the C-suites pay instead. But if you are in that situation, you need advice get connected with the people yes. who've been through it and can yeah. help give you that advice. I, I respectfully don't listen to Bobby and I yeah. listen to the other people impacted, get connected with yeah. them. Because I'm for sure the game I'm sure you all really... have found ways, but if you need a connection, I'm happy to, yeah. I, I will log on to Twitter to facilitate an introduction and DMS. Yeah. That's how I'll do my part. And you all know what that means. I will yeah. actually use my Twitter DMS to help you out if you need it. Yeah. And and unfortunately, the game industry has gotten really good at this networking thing after layoffs over the past couple of years. It's gotten scarily good. Uh, it has no right to be that good, but they are good because they've just had a lot of practice. Yeah. Yep. So uh, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? All right. Well, some other headlines that we yeah. can talk about a little bit is we can talk about some Nintendo movement. So Nintendo has rescheduled some live concerts. Very interesting. Has a lot of people wondering what could, could this have something to do with the inevitable Switch 2? You know, those mm-hmm. rumors are also gaining more and more fire. So we could talk a little bit about that. And uh, I think this is a uh, really interesting uh, a group trying to preserve laser disc games which of course you know you don't you know those those are getting harder and harder to yeah. find and the discs get more and more damaged so an and the players get more of, and more damaged yes and the uh the so so uh definitely looking to save those mm-hmm. and of course our own dark sakura will talk your ear off about laser discs yep. any old time uh so it's a issue near and dear to our hearts at olr yeah my, and i say that because i have a laser disc player and unfortunately yes. the belt that opens and closes the tray broke. Mm-hmm. Last time I used it, the laser actually worked. So, like the laser disc player actually works. I just can't open and close it to put a disc in right now. So I've got to go like figure out how to get that belt replaced because uh, I inherited all my parent all my, all my dad's laser discs from the seventies and the eighties and nineties. Um, can't play them right now. Yeah, and it's not like those uh, parts are, you can't go to an officially licensed store and just walk in. There's no Radio Shack or Circuit City to go walk in and buy the parts. There there is actually like a dude, like there is a guy that has like an actual office space with like, you know, reviews and stuff that specializes in a lot of these older electronic components. And it's not really that far from my house, but you have to like make an appointment and it might be like in three months. So he's like, all right, in three months, drop it off. Like that's how busy he is. Wow, and wow. so I just need to call him and say, hey, can you fix my laser disc player? And he's like, yes, I can slot you in for April. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then in April, I'll drop it off. So, so. either that'll happen first or people will get those games preserved on a more yeah. modern platform first. Yes. What <laughs> of the two. <laughs> all right. Uh, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. 
Uh, but I will not be here in two weeks because I'm going to be off at a house party seeing people I only see once a year so we can watch commercials and have capitalism advertised to us. Uh, all the things that we will not buy. Uh, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf just about everywhere at BobbyBlackWolf.com on Blue Sky. Uh, I have been posting a little bit more on TikTok at Bobby Blackwolf. Some of the videos I shot at AGDQ, which is fun because I shot it on a camcorder. And so I'm editing them in Premiere so they're not in vertical mode. And remember back in the day, remember back in the day, we were like making fun of all the kids for taking video in vertical. And we were like, no, if you if you take a video, hold your phone horizontal. Don't hold it vertical. Uh, now everything's vertical. And so I'm converting and cropping my horizontal video to be vertical so it can be used on take The kids won. That's what I'm saying. The kids won. We made fun of them for it 15 years ago for holding the phone right side up, and, and now that's what we're doing. I'm going to go shake my fist at a cloud. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody. But it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of the chatters who go above and beyond. So thank you so much, Tiger Claw, for the resubscription. Uh, uh, Kaji, Kaji Shuto Art, is that how it's pronounced? I have no clue how it's pronounced, but thank you so much for following. And then Loki OLR, thank you so much for resubscribing. It's about to be at that time when we're getting all the resubs in. Thank you so much uh, for that. And then I'm going to hit the button. I'm not doing a fake out outro this week this is actually the outro i'm not going to stop it uh i will be back next week probably have gotten to like chapter six in like a dragon infinite wealth instead of four anyway see you next week bye a winner is you the views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts guests and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the vogue network people who need to hire new voiceover guys or your mom although if bobby said it it really should be this has been a production of bobby blackwolf studios